a calm, beautiful podcast. We speak about the light, hold back truths to spare your feelings. We never rock the boat. No unfiltered opinions here. Ah, no. You're listening to Unfiltered. Unfiltered. If it's politics, tech, entertainment, global headlines, and everything in between, we shoot you straight through the eyes with the truth. Streaming to six continents from Colorado Springs, Colorado, and West Hollywood, California. Sponsored by the Stutzman Group. We're real. We're raw. We are unfiltered. This is Bobby and Luke. Welcome to Unfiltered with Bobby and Luke. It is March 24th, and it's a Wednesday, Luke. A very happy Wednesday to you. Have you... uh had an opportunity to check out any of the madness going on up in Indy right now. No, we've been, you know, here locally with the shootings, you know, two days ago, it's been, it's been pretty crazy. You know, everybody's kind of up in arms and, mm-hmm. and, you know, talking about it. How could this happen? This guy's had, you know, mental issues for a number of years. How is he still able to buy guns? And that whole discussion after, you know, a tragedy like this happens, the Democrats won't reform. The Republicans don't want to talk about it. And that's kind of where it's been the last couple of days is, you know, after Sandy Hook, we all thought something was going to happen. At least do background checks the way they should be and catch people with, you know, mental illness. And it doesn't sound like anybody on the other side wants to even talk about it right now as the past yeah colorado has somehow been an epicenter from from you know yeah from uh columbine to aurora now yep. we have boulder and yeah. it is uh it, it is sad of course but infuriating that yeah that so many uh folks on uh the right side of the aisle seem to you know, not, you know, not agree with just some pretty basic, basic stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, I think a a background check is pretty, pretty fair if you want to own a gun, you know, and I've always said, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you know, apply and have an in-person, you know, road test if you want to drive a car. So I would, I would even go further as to say there should be some sort of certification or requirement that you have to have if you want to own a gun because i mean it 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 is a it is a deadly deadly weapon right so you know i i yeah i i'm with you bobby obviously it is it is tragic news and uh my heart obviously goes out uh to everyone involved and the greater community uh in the state of colorado right you guys just have had uh too much of this yep and, you know, nothing happens. You know, we talked with what, Corey Wood last week and we were just kind of wanting to get into the gun thing. We ran out of time. And, but we did ask him, you know, how many how many guns you own? And he's like several, you know, yeah. and it's what well, do you know? And then you asked him specifically, do you own an AR-15? Yes. 
And, you know, the AR-15s, if you've looked, I've kept track. The inventory is vast. The price is really low. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, and it's you know, a high-power auto, semi-automatic weapon that with the bump stock, you can easily turn it, you know, into an automatic weapon. And then those on, on the other side are say, hey, you know, I can have as many guns as I want. You know, the Second Amendment only states one. It doesn't say you can have 100 guns. It doesn't say you can't have 100 guns. But when they say, well, you know what, I can have as many as I want, that is not the case. The Second Amendment doesn't guarantee you the right to have 15 AR-15s, bump stocks, you know, 30 round magazines, you know, and all that shit. So we'll, you know, we'll get into that. Um, You know, weren't planning on talking about it, but obviously when tragedies like this happen, you know, and we need to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, my other, you know, just really quick on, on what you were saying about the, the, the AR 15 and, and just any, semi-automatic or, you know, easily uh, convertible weapon to, you know, like you said, with the bump stocks and whatnot, you know, I can't, you know, no matter how much money a person has, has, you can't go buy a tank and drive it down the street, you know, right. Mm-hmm. You can't, can't buy a, 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 a fighting fighter jet, you know, right. I, I just, you know, there are certain restrictions that we, uh, that we have in place that are just kind of common sense things that, uh, you know, but who the, who the fuck has any common sense anymore? Did you, uh, by the way, speaking of people with comment without any common sense, did you uh, happen to see Sidney Powell, uh, former Trump attorney, what her defense is uh, for the libel lawsuit uh, brought on by Dominion? No, no, she, I did not. She is, she is arguing in court that no reasonable person would have believed what she was saying. So she's yeah. essentially given it up, given up the gig saying, yeah, it was all a lie. It was all, it was all a sham. None of it was true. And any, and only, you know, any reasonable person would have understood that it was just political talk and there was no truth to it. Right. Right. And so, I think that's uh, a problem with, with the right is they feel because Trump did it for four years that mm-hmm. certain people feel they can just pick up where he left off and say whatever they think is going to get the, you know, the base buzzing and mm-hmm. not believe it themselves. Right. I mean, there's yeah. so many examples of, you know, crews saying shit and then coming back three days later after getting backlash. Well, I didn't believe that. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying it as a, as a <laughs> statement, but your statement has consequences, bro. Right. Uh, yeah, so I wonder if our our friend Corey from last week, uh, who who feels that what happened on January six was not an insurrection but more of a peaceful gathering of like minded individuals, uh, if, if, I mean, well, I don't what, know what, what, what edited what bullshit what, he what, was what? watching, but he said I all I saw was people walking single file as yeah, they were in a yeah. kindergarten class into yeah. the Capitol. What yeah, the, the, the fuck? security was welcoming them in with open arms and, and uh, right. Yeah. So, right. But anyway, it's just, I wonder what folks like him think of if they, you know, you know, this woman is essentially saying that it was all a lie, that it was the big lie. It was all a lie. Trump did not win. There was no fraud. It was all a lie. She's saying that in open court. 
Will right. that even change any of these folks' minds? I, I doubt shit. it. I doubt it. Yeah, exactly. I doubt it. But on the pod today, we do have a special guest. He has become commonplace here at Unfiltered. The gold standard is with us this morning. Tika, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing good, fellas. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I figured, Luke, Absolutely. when you said, uh, speaking of somebody that uh, doesn't have a good, doesn't have good common sense, is that how you phrased it? I thought, oh, he's going to introduce me now. He <laughs> went, went in a different direction. So. You know, as it was coming out of my mouth, I was like, oh, damn. I'm, I'm, I could have gone that direction. I, yeah, I'm funny it. and without even trying, but I, yeah. I missed it because I you wanted to, you know, opportunity, brother. I, I, I went with the, I went with the, re, yeah, uh, missed, missed opportunity. Indeed. Maybe I need a mulligan. Hey, <laughs> nice. nice. But anyway, TK, Hey, not to, we're going to get into the weeds with the other stuff, but I am sure. And I know, Hey, I gotta, I gotta congratulate you. Cause you called it. Before the before the first game was played, you said, watch out. This is going to be an upset heavy tournament. And damn, has it been an upset mm -hmm. heavy tournament? Yeah. Yeah, I can't and, wait. I will save all the good stuff for later. But I, to be honest with you, I can't wait to start talking about it. So yeah, uh, yeah. Getting, and we are not music. We not gonna. We are not going to say anything about a team that may have lost to USC a couple days ago. Okay, oh, we're man. just gonna leave that one away. Yeah. Uh, I think it was like thirty-four points, wasn't it? Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. No idea. Okay. Did I mention Josh is from Alabama? You know, we'll tie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get Flat. into the intro music. I've got Dr. Dre Kush, and we'll get into everything on the other side. Yes, All sir. I love the song. I love the beat. I was listening to it yesterday and had to play it today. I like TK's dancing behind the scenes, too. I yeah, yeah. I was going to say, TK, Get nice it. moves, brother. Get it. <laughs> so, so the tournament, who do you have winning the whole thing as of today, TK? Oh, man, you want to just go straight into it, huh? Uh, run, run, head just right into yeah. the wall. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do it. I, uh, it's interesting. So you saw the Facebook post and the Twitter tweet about how it's just going to be a crazy, absolutely insane March Madness. Right. So why not just go 100% crazy? Loyola, Chicago. Ah, yeah, nice. Sister Jean, Coach yeah. Moser. Just, right. just do 100% Cinderella, 8C. Winning it all. Let's go. Let's gotcha. do it. All go right, all right. Ramblers. 
I think Ramblers, right? I don't even know their fucking mascot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like, let's see here. We've got a 15 seed in there. Oral Roberts. Yeah. Holy shit. All right. Syracuse, Jimmy B just will not be denied. So, wow. Yeah, he's a, he has some un, unrealistic stat. Like he's been in 30 March Madnesses, I think, or something wow. like that. 32. It's yeah. insane how many how yeah. many uh, tournaments yeah. he's been involved in. Yeah, but the so the twos and the threes have 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 not been so great. Well, some of them, uh, but the ones uh, with one exception, you know, Gonzaga, Michigan, Baylor, still holding on. So let's get granular here. Can anyone? remaining take on Gonzaga or at least keep them out of the sweet six or keep them out of the final four. What do you, what are your thoughts there, TK? Uh, it's, it's a tough one. I mean, you're kind of talking about it earlier, all the upsets and everything that was going on and Gonzaga, they just seem to be able to be COVID proof. And, and what I mean by that is, their cohesiveness, just the way that they play team basketball is absolutely mm-hmm. off the charts. And then on top of that, they play really good defense. And then they have several players on that team that can flat out score. I mean, they'll have, you know, five or six guys sometimes that are all in double digits. So you don't know where the scoring output is going to come from when you play Gonzaga. Cause you could say, Hey, we're going to start, the, we're going to stop the bigs this game. And then the guards will go off. Well, we're going to start stop the guards. They get the ball inside and, and the bigs go off. So it's, it's one of those things where if, if you want to compare it to an NCAA football team that we've talked about in the past and Luke, I don't want your head to get too big here, but <laughs> it's a lot like an Alabama football team in terms of, you just don't know where to shut this team down because most teams have that weak link where you can say, hey, we're, we're just going to stop this guy like Iowa. They said, OK, we're mm-hmm. going to let Garza go ahead and do his thing. He can score 30 points, but we're going to shut everybody else down. And then they had their one guard had 17 points. And then the other three starters on Iowa in that loss the other night, zero points. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. And then a couple of guys off the bench sprinkled in some points here and there, but that's a perfect example of like, Hey, let's just let Garza do his thing. We'll shut everybody else down. And you saw the outcome with Gonzaga. You, you can't do that because they have too many weapons. They have probably four or five guys on that starting five. They're going to play in the league. Yeah. 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 Well, Along with your uh, your pick of Loyola, you know, I got to give it up for my boys in blue, my Creighton Blue Jays. Uh, you know, I went to uh, not that Jesuit college, but I went to another one. I went to uh, Rockhurst. So got to got to have some Jesuit love for my my Creighton <laughs> boys. So we'll see if they can give Gonzaga any kind of fits and starts. But uh, of course, you know, speaking of that football team that I like, they've got a basketball <laughs> team that's doing pretty damn well this year as well and uh i i just i couldn't believe it and i'm you know i'm checking out at the grocery store yesterday and i've got a bama shirt on the kid sacking the groceries is like oh 
hey, are you from Bama? Da, 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 da. And he just can't. He turns out he's born and raised in Birmingham and he just can't say enough about Bama. And he's like, it's going to be awesome. We're going to win the football natty in the in the basketball natty in the same year. I'm like, well, let's get through Michigan first. Well, let's get through UCLA first and then right. get through Michigan. So, you know, we'll see. And then they would have to play Gonzaga in the first round of the final four. So ooh, mm. it's an uphill battle, but, you know. Stranger things have happened. It's a crazy <laughs> year. <laughs> it has been. Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> speaking of sports and uh, crazy shit that mm-hmm. has been going on around athletics. And I, you know, this, this is, it's always, it always sucks when the real world collides with the sports world in a negative way. And unfortunately, that is what's happening right now. Uh, once again, the NFL is dealing with some issues, mainly the Houston's quarterback, or yeah, the, the Houston's quarterback, Deshaun, uh, Houston Texans, sorry, quarterback Deshaun Watson is now up to 14 sexual misconduct lawsuits. Right. Talking about it before, you know, before we got into recording, you know, Bobby, what were you saying about, you know, back in the back, quote unquote, somebody said back in the Me Too movement. I don't I don't think. Yeah. A lot of reporters, you know, you can if if you hear what they're saying, they're discussing the Me Too movement as if it was past tense back in the me too movement you know way back when and it's just like we're it's still here it's still live it's not going away people will get called out for misconduct and deshaun watson as you guys know pre-super bowl i was love fest with brady all over social media (laughs) and but obviously my team is the colts and i was just saying weeks ago that I would love to have Deshaun Watson because he was requesting a trade. I would mm-hmm. love for the Colts to pick up Deshaun Watson. Now the first claim came out and it was like, well, he's going to have to deal with that with his attorneys. And, but now we're, you know, in a few short weeks, we're at 14. And if anything from the me too movement has showed proof when there's five, there's actually 10, when there's 10, there's actually 20. And so, you know, you take a two X to the 14, there could be close to 30 actually out there. 14 have actually come forward. So I, I'm actually kind of happy as we speak that, you know, Jim Mercy didn't fall for, you know, paying all that money to start to be dealing with this as we speak, because Colts have enough problems on the field, uh, you know, we don't need to be dealing with with all this stuff coming off the field now. Are all of them true? We'll find out. But if if anything, you know, history tells us, right, with analytics and data, when there's it's it's always at least double. So is it 30? Who knows? The 14 is bad enough, and the 14 is what he's currently dealing with. Yeah, TK, is there any way he survives this? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I Here's the thing with, with Deshaun. When it first came out, you know, I'm I'm a huge component of innocent until proven guilty, right? So when it was Absolutely. one person that came yep. out, I was like, okay, it's one person. Like, let's see how this plays out, right? 
And I immediately thought, you know, it, it was a little fishy at first, but now that we're up to 14, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, there, there's something going on here. And it was kind of interesting that Bobby brought this up, but he requested a trade. I wonder, you know, I'm not sure exactly where all these lawsuits are coming from. If they're all in, in the state. Texas area yeah. or in Houston, I wonder if that's part of the reason why he was trying to request a trade. He just wanted to get out of there, forget about it and kind of move on from the situation. Obviously that's speculation, but just kind of got me thinking about it mm-hmm. here when, when you said it, the other thing is, you know, I have two girls under the age of 10 and if anything like that happened to them, I wouldn't be sitting here. I'd be in jail. So, right, right, you know, right. there's, there's two sides to the story here that I just, it's a sensitive topic. And like I said, at the beginning, you know, you're innocent until proven guilty, but the fact that there's 14 and Bobby, like you said, with the analytics, it doesn't look good for Deshaun Watson. Right. And I don't know if he'll be playing in 2021, probably definitely not, but Mm -hmm. I'll be surprised if we see the dude on the football field ever again. Yeah. The NFL has officially uh, released a statement on March 17th saying that it was opening an investigation into his off field uh, actions Uh, Good. in, in fairness to Deshaun through his attorney, he released a statement saying that uh, the uh, original accused, basically accusing the original accuser of uh, looking for social media stardom and nothing more than uh, a pawn in a game from a publicity seeking lawyer. Uh, pretty standard stuff. Uh, then, you know, the floodgates opened and all the accusations, you know, the accusations have have mounted. And like I said, the NFL is now officially investigating, uh, along with the criminal investigations that are going on as well, because uh, what did, let, let, let's be very clear here, what Deshaun Watson in most of these accusations is facing is not just lewd comments or harassment or whatnot he is being accused of forced sexual acts so it is criminal uh what he is being accused of and uh if any of this uh you know if, if enough evidence is found uh playing in the nfl playing football period is going to be the least of his worries uh because he's going to be facing some pretty hefty criminal charges if the investigations uh, bear out. Right. Um, while we're on the topic, because you know we are very much so still in the Me Too movement, because I don't know that it's really a movement to say that men have to be held accountable for their behavior. I, you know, you are both the fathers of daughters, and TK, you just said it pretty clearly, you know, how you would act if, if one of your daughters mm-hmm. was, uh, fell victim to this Bobby, I'm sure you're the same way. Yep. So I don't know, you know, okay, fine. It's me too, because we, 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 that gives people this gives women the strength to talk about it, but as a society and as men who, who treat women with respect, you know, we need to be, you know, forceful advocates in holding, these men accountable. Mm-hmm. So that being said, I have to, you know, kind of roll back, roll back the clock a little bit 
prior to the start of the Me Too movement, we had, you know, there have been accusations against NFL players for, for, for time, you know, you know for, for all time, essentially. Uh, we all remember and we were talking about uh, the Ray Rice incident when he was caught on camera. And because he was caught on camera uh, uh, assaulting his girlfriend at the time, he was bounced from the league. Uh, but the question was, if he had not been caught on camera and it was just her word versus his word, would he be playing? And that brings me to big Ben, Ben Roethlisberger. Yes. It was only two women, not nearly as wide of a, 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 uh, a net of accusations that Deshaun Watson is facing, but still two fairly credible, fairly serious accusations. Uh, one, uh, I think is the, the most serious accusation a woman could make in her saying that he actually raped her. Mm -hmm. um, you know, an investigation was held, but because it was basically a he said, she said situation, the NFL just, you know, he did miss a few games, right? While it was being investigated, but still playing today. So, so what do we, what do we make of these players that faced accusations in the past that just kind of went away because several of them, and well, at least in the case of uh, big Ben here, uh, it was an out of court settlement, meaning that the accusers got some money and they just shut their mouths and went away. Mm -hmm. And he continues to sling the pigskin. What are, I don't know if I have a, what are your thoughts on that? What, what do we make of these, these, these men that, you know, are, are still playing? Do you, do you want to go first TK or do you want me? That's a, Luke, Luke, you like to throw those grenades, man. And just like, I do, man. Let us, let I do. Fall That's like every, every time I come on man, there's grenades thrown. Uh, this one's a tough, this one's a tough one for me. Like you mm -hmm. said, you know, I'm a, a father of, of two daughters and seriously, again, I'll say it again. I'm on record several different times saying this. If, if anybody harmed my daughters in any way, shape or form, I'd be in jail. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. I think the NFL's shady as shit when it comes to these types of things. It doesn't just come to like these sexual assaults. It also has to do with you know, battery uh, yeah. of domestic women violence. and domestic yeah. violence, you know, all, all those different, there's, there's so many different things here that I think we can't just point it to one individual person because yeah, I think what Ben Roethlisberger did was wrong. I think he should have got a bigger suspension than he did at the time. But, you know, under the circumstances and what happened, he wasn't charged with anything that right, right. I think the NFL did what they thought was right in the circumstance. Now, if I was the leader of that organization and I had two daughters like I am right now, that motherfucker wouldn't have played football the whole rest of the year, at least. But, mm -hmm. you know, I don't have that type of clout. So, but kind of come full circle here, I think it's more of an NFL issue than it is yeah. like, let's just blame one or two guys that are in the league. I think we have to, as a fan base, 
I know we love the NFL and it's one of the biggest money makers out there. And, and I'm just like anybody else. I plop my ass on my fucking couch on Sundays and I watch as much football as I possibly can because it's oh, one yeah. of the, you know, I'm a basketball guy through and through. I played it growing up, but I still love sitting on the couch and watching football. There's nothing better. Right. Yeah. But as fans, we have to take a stand. We have to figure out a way that we can have our voices heard if we are unhappy with the way the NFL handles these situations. Because when it comes to young women and being in this type of situation, they should never be set in that type of situation, any way, shape, or form. You know, there's all these excuses out there, but we have to protect them. And it has to start with the NFL, and we have to find a way to hold the NFL accountable when this type of shit happens. And hopefully, hopefully now that there's 14 cases, and like you said, Bobby, again, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but there's probably a lot more out there. This is where they can take a stand and make a statement and make sure that this shit doesn't happen again. Right. Well, you know, Luke, to answer your question, too, you look about the history of, you know, if we're talking NFL, you know, I think I think the women and and the spouses that have taken the brunt of the abuse and, and that for, you know, for years, investigations like, well, you know, take care of it. You know, the NFL early on and until I'd say a few years ago, unless there was like the video evidence with like the Ray Rice incident, it's like, well, yeah. it's in your house. You take care of it. And unless the spouse files charges, then all of a sudden the story changes. But, you know, those spouses until files or you know, charges are filed, they, you know, they could tell the team, you know, 60 times that, you know, my husband beat the shit out of me and has right. for the last three years, four years, nobody's doing anything about it. And I Damn. think the way, you know, the impact of, you know, the me too movement, you know, I hate using that term, but you know, that's kind of what it, what it's been, been, you know, labeled is, you know, I think moving forward, I think those conversations or those investigations by the NFL, isn't just going to be, you know, he said, she said, you know, there was no pictures, there's no sign of abuse or whatever. And, you know, knowing, you know, obviously other players on the team most likely know who's doing what to whom, you know, I think the, the, he said, she said, aren't going to go away as quickly as they have for the last, you know, 40, 50 years in the NFL. I think they're going to be legit you know, and some of these investigations, NFL say they're doing it, but they hire a third party. So therefore they do a full investigation because, you know, obviously NFL may not be set up for, you know, this and really with the NFL's history, are you going to believe that, you know, we've had six accusations from, from a spouse and it's just hearsay. Right. And, you know, so I think, the NFL going the third party route that has no skin in the game. They want to get to the bottom of the truth. Is this happening? Number one, how long has it been happening? How many times has it happened? That's the stuff the NFL has been sweeping under the rug for, for decades. Right. Right. Well, I, I, I could not agree more uh, TK with what you were saying about, we have to figure out a way as fans 
you know, to, to hold teams accountable and to hold, uh, really hold the league accountable, hold their feet to the fire, uh, and just, you know, making it very, you know, making it known that this kind of behavior is just not going to be condoned uh, in the NFL. So we will see what comes of this, but, uh, yeah, Deshaun, I don't, I, I agree also. I don't believe we'll see him on the field this year and perhaps never again. We shall see. So turning, turning a page completely in a different direction, Bobby, you sent an article to us that I'm just kind of, you know, I'm scratching my head because we've been talking about the rise of tech for, for how long now? Mm-hmm. And yet countries are starting to feel the heat uh, and the BBC released this story you shared, UK right. heading towards di- digital skills shortage disaster. Right. And you say you say this is something that's going to be happening, happening globally, globally. How Absolutely. did we how did we get here and what the hell do we do? Well, you know, after reading this article and understanding this industry, the technology platforms themselves have outpaced people that are experienced in these arenas with this tech, with this specific code, like take artificial intelligence, right? Mm-hmm. Artif- there, there are so many different algorithms that are out there. There are some that are custom developed. There are some that are turnkey by turnkey. I mean, you basically subscribe and you have access to, you know, A through Z capabilities outside of this. It, you know, anything outside of the current capabilities is custom development to, to cloud solutions, right? Everything's in the cloud. So the Microsoft Azures, the AWS, the, you know, the Google clouds, you know, they've got all these massive solutions and API integrations, but now on the back end, right? The service mm-hmm. piece is what I call it. There are so many, there's skills in order to maintain, say, a cloud instance, right? You spin up an AWS cloud instance and say it's at the data, you know, data center in San Jose, or it's over in Thailand or, or wherever, you know, wherever it is. Those solutions have use cases. The problem mm-hmm. is the people that are maintaining and maintenance um, continue to you know, develop, add more specs or add more capabilities, those skills, those people are extremely limited right now. So even mm-hmm. though tech is going 100 miles an hour, right? The people working on the engine of that freight train, they're very limited. So what the mm-hmm. Learning and Work Institute says is that the number of young people taking IT subjects has dropped 40% since 2015. Meanwhile, Accenture, who is a global uh, consulting group, says that the, the demand for AI, cloud, and robotic skills is, is off the charts. So it's, it's kind of, so we've got a freight train going 100 miles an hour, but it takes people to keep it going. And those people mm-hmm. aren't there. 
Yeah, this article is, is you know, it's, it's really, it's very clearly defined what, what folks in the industry are saying is that, you know, there's just a lack of understanding uh, amongst, you know, educators and how to guide, you know, you know, students, you know, starting even in the earliest grades towards these career paths. Right. Um, you know, so how is there, you know, how do we make these professions, make these, these, these skill sets seem more, more appealing. And I will, you know, double down on it. Here comes another grenade, especially making these skill sets seem more appealing to, to young ladies, you know, right, and, right. and helping to diversify the, the tech. Because uh, would, would you agree that tech is still a predominantly male-driven industry? Absolutely. Absolutely. And from that article, Luke, one that really shocked me mm-hmm. is the one, two, three, fourth paragraph. And it says, the Learning and Works Institute research reveals that 70% of young people meaning students, Mm -hmm. expect employers to invest in teaching them digital skills on the job. So they Mm. may have gone to school for X, and now I'm going to join Google. And what Google is expecting you to already have learned these skills, and 70%, which is millions of students, Mm -hmm. is expecting Mm -hmm. to get taught that after college or on the job. And so hmm. there's just a huge disconnect between, you know, in the market, the, mm-hmm. the, the technology providers say the Googles of the world are, are, you know, are saying what you've learned in school, you should have learned this already. We're not going to, you know, spend, you know, you're getting paid 150,000 a year. We want you off to the races from day one. And what the students are saying is even though you're paying us 150,000 a year, we still need a lot of education. Mm-hmm. So I think the tech, the companies themselves need to get with the, you know, the institutes of learning and set the expectation of when we post for an engineering position with Google, these are the expectations. When you're, uh, you know, going to be hired on as an engineer with Facebook. These are the, these are the expectations, or you go into artificial intelligence with NVIDIA or, or, or whoever the tech companies need to set those expectations and not just in a job description. Right? So a lot of times a job description posted on LinkedIn is just a summary. It doesn't dig, you know, and, and, and TK you've recruited in this space for a long time, but you know, if, if the technology companies are not communicating to the institutes of learning, whether at MIT, Harvard, USC, whoever it is across the country, and then, you know, number one, the colleges don't know, right? So the, you know, the same robotics, you know, curriculum or, you know, cloud services curriculum that they rolled out 10 years ago does not cut it in today's technology. And so I think there needs to be basically a come to Jesus where, where, where they hold conferences with all these, you know, even, you know, the online, you know, uh, you know, institutes of learning, Colorado Technical University and Phoenix and all these guys that really kind of gear towards this industry, their stuff is outdated. And it's outdated because the technology companies have done a horrible job 
of communicating what it is that they need. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'll, I'll take that a step further is a lot of the people that are teaching in the universities, mm -hmm. they're a little bit more on the old school side, or they right. haven't been diving deep into that technology mm -hmm. every single day, like you would be at a Google or a Facebook. So, right. you know, these kids are getting taught stuff that are like four or five years old. So then when they go to those, those companies, like, yeah, there is going to be a training. There is going to be a learning curve because they don't, the universities, let's just be honest, the universities, they don't have the personnel or the teachers or the professors that know exactly what each one of these organizations are doing. And then each organization, they're trying to find their own little niche, their own little thing, their own little cool like technology that no one else has, like how, how is somebody straight out of college or even somebody that's coming from Facebook to Google supposed to know about this little intricate technology that they're, you know, that's up and coming technology if they haven't actually used it before. Right. So what my suggestion was, and I've been thinking about this for a long time is I think Google and Facebook and some of these larger technology groups, like, fuck school like mm -hmm. what's the point of going and learning old technology like if you really want to get into tech like hey come to google university we'll teach you everything that you need to know we'll we'll you can we'll charge you like you know x amount of dollars for you to come to this university and then we'll pay you a stipend while you're here yep. as long as you are able to you know, get through our application process, which probably would be pretty in depth with tests and different things. And then you come on, we'll give you, it's $10,000 a year to be uh, a student at our university at Google. And then we'll pay you a stipend of like 1500 or $2,000 a month to use for schooling or, or um, your your housing, you know, whatever the case may be. And then once you graduate, we'll offer you a job. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I agree with that. And just look at, you know, great example. Google's getting ready. It's been, it's been rumored for about four years now, but you know, they purchased Android, you know, a decade, 12, 13 years ago, and they've been working on a replacement operating system for the last several years it is going to be going in a development release for developers, totally new code, totally new language. Um, and so the people that have gone to school and learn Android or C++ or C and, you know, those programming languages to get like, say, a specific engineering job at Google. Well, if you just graduated, you didn't learn anything about Fuchsia. You nope. didn't learn anything mm -hmm. about his capabilities. You didn't nope. learn the backend code or any of mm -hmm. that. And that's just a great example of how fast tech is changing. But, and so when the, you know, really when the kids come out of school, unless they've been fed the new, new material, they're already dated. They unless, just unless they do like a, yeah, like an internship somewhere or right. something like that. Yeah. They right. have no fucking clue. It's like when you go to buy a computer, it's already outdated when you yep. buy it. Right. I mean, that's the yep. whole joke. Yeah. So you're right on the right track. 
Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask, Bobby. Like, you know, it just springs to mind internships, 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 you right. know, uh, if they're not getting, you know, the, the, the info they need. And then also to TK's point, if traditional brick and mortar educational institutions aren't doing the trick anymore, um, you know, you know, are, are any of these tech behemoths that have the money, you know, are they developing their own, you know, training, training programs and whatnot to develop a pipeline uh, of talent? Um, you know, what can, what can the industry do to help be part of the solution here? You know, I think that's, you know, that's a great question. And, you know, just thinking of pipeline, right. When you think of professional baseball teams, right. Mm -hmm. They all have mm -hmm. minors, you know, for that development, but there's nothing like that in right. tech. Now there right. are technical colleges that will teach you the basics, right. right. But they're right. not, but you're not ready to leave a, a two-year program for with, you know, say Colorado Technical University and, and go run your own project with Google. Yeah, because think about, think about who's actually teaching those classes. Right, right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's, that's not the, it's not the vice president of technology at Google. It's right. some right. dude that's getting right. paid a $1,500 stipend <laughs> to, like, right. teach, teach tech. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and so I think the whole landscape, you know, they had talked about this five, six years ago of saying technology changes so fast and not just in the hardware, but obviously the software space, mm -hmm. you know, cloud solutions, you know, other, other than the underlying platform, you know, out of the data center or wherever it's being pulled from, it's all software and right. it changes so fast. You know, one minute Google is, you know, you know, integrated with say 30 companies and in two months it's 120 companies. Well, you just scaled your integration you know, six, seven fold and the people that, that work for your company don't even completely understand what the value adds are from of those brands. So it's, it's, you know, not just, you know, just the education piece, but the internal team themselves, a lot of times need time to get caught up with what it is you've just accomplished with this great milestone that not everybody understands. Mm hmm. You know, so it's an internal problem. And it's also, you know, from 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 higher education, it's an education problem. And, you know, I loved the idea that you guys, you know, Google, who who are you going to tag with? What what schools high end, mid tier, low end are you going to partner with? That's that's your pipeline. Facebook, your pipeline, you know, social mm -hmm. media, you, you know, your pipeline or just basic engineering software engineering, hardware engineering, network engineering, there needs to be a pipeline. And right now, as the article stated, you know, Europe is seeing a 40% drop and it's probably closer to 60%. And then you look stateside and it's, you know, they're having the same problems, right? Acquisitions happen. So now Facebook acquired X company. Now you got to learn all their, you know, backend code and the integration process and the APIs and all that stuff. And that, that takes time. And, you know, so it's a, it's, it's an ongoing issue, but from an education piece, you know, I just, I said it, but it just now, you know, hit me that you graduate, say from Michigan, you spent 200 grand 
intuition books and, and, and everything. And you're really dated. You're dated. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're behind the eight ball. Yeah. You're it's behind. Insane. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. All right. It's a hard well, pill to swallow. Well, and I, I know, I know guys that have gone to school for something totally different. They go and get a 18 month certificate and they're a web developer and they're making more money than right. kids that are coming out of college with that kind of debt. Yeah. So, and I was just thinking the same thing, like with uh, like my wife with radiology, right. To be an x-ray mm-hmm. tech, it's not a four year program. It's uh, what was it? Eight, yeah. 18 months. And you got to do your clinicals and all that stuff. And, yeah. you, know, you know, you're making good money when you're done. And it costs, I think it was 22,000. Yeah. You know, so, so I so think that's Bobby, may, maybe the, you know, the pipeline they need is, it, you know, you don't need to take four years of coding. No, do you know, do you need to know English history? Do you know, need to know American history? Right. Do you need to know, like, there's several different things. Like, I remember all that bullshit classes that you take at school. Do you right. really need to know all <laughs> yeah. that stuff? The core. And I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not but... saying it's bullshit. Like, if you, if you, if you want to learn that, like, go and learn that. I'm a teacher. I'm right. not, I'm not downgrading any type of subject, but I'm just saying, like, if you're going to go into technology, it's such a fine niche opportunity that there's no point in wasting your time with all the other stuff. Right. That's my last thing I'll say about that. So Bobby, the, agree. the other article you sent that was really of interest to me is right in line with this. And, and that's why it's essential for children to learn how to code. How do we start getting this into our primary schools and get them started right from the jump? Because I got to imagine, like most mm-hmm. things in life, it's a lot easier to learn and catch on when you're younger than older. Right, right. Well, you know, it's just like foreign language, right? Yeah, if, exactly. You know, I've kind of taught myself over the years, you know, to code, you know, basic shit. I know what a compiler is. I know the syntax here and what does that. But if we get it into, you know, the younger group at an early age, it's not a foreign language. It becomes, you know, an everyday language that, you know, you start creating games, right? Gaming is kind of the in with, with, you know, there's organizations and companies that have been, you know, started in these last five years to really push young, younger kids to get into coding early on, whether it's code.org or, you know, the others, basically Mm. you, you know, you start off with doing blocks and then you're creating, you know, a game and then, you know, so there's different stuff to keep them engaged. But at the end of the day, the backend code, it's, it's cool to see people realize what they're developing once it's done. But, it, but it's not easy. It's not something that everybody can just do and pick up and, and start doing tomorrow. Um, it's, you know, it needs to be, you know, it needs to be understood the basics of coding the different languages. Why do you use C in this instance or C in another instance? And, you know, when you're going to use this compiler versus other compilers. That stuff needs to be taught early on. Therefore, when they get into, let's say, high school, they know what type of coder or software engineer they want to be. I want to work with cloud. I want to work with X or I'm, I love hardware. I want to code and develop software for hardware or whatever the case is. But if we wait until college, right, a lot of these guys start in high school, they start, you know, fooling around with 
coding programs in high school. And then they go, they get accepted to a college and they're just kind of thrown, it's thrown at them. And, you know, I think if we start in the lower grades, you know, third, fourth, fifth grade, I think that's going to, you know, a lot easier of a, of a learning curve and runway for those students to say, Hey, I like this language. I hate that one. And they get to understand what they like and don't like, let alone getting thrown five or six, you know, um, you know, languages at one time and then trying to figure it out there. And yes, more women, right. When you're in school and it's part of the curriculum, you're introducing it to everybody. Everybody's level playing field, you know, uh, friends, you know, when you're in high school, maybe it's five or six guys that are, you know, coding, you know, I think, you know, Ryan Morgan and, you know, those types of people that have started businesses and have sold businesses in the software space. And it all started really early on in high school when they started fooling mm -hmm. around with, with, you know, software programming and yeah, but the yeah. earlier, the better. Absolutely. Absolutely. PK, you, you have young daughters, any, uh -huh. any interest in the tech, any, any oh, of them, their friends, any, anything? 100%. I, there, I will say the Osseo 279 school district here in Minneapolis, given some props that I don't get any kickback on that, but um, <laughs> uh, they've done a really good job. I mean, it's, it's all online the teachers don't teach it or anything like that. It's like, they just kind of go and, and play with mm -hmm. several different things that are, are kind of teaching them like how to code. Like if you put this in and this in and this in, it'll make the robot go like a certain way. You know what I'm saying? So like, it's like, I, I, I feel like the base is there, mm -hmm. okay. but the situation I think with most educational institutions is it's a fucking uphill battle. I mean, right. you know, you can't have like a, a regular elementary teacher try to teach code because they have no clue what you're talking about. Right. right. So, and uh, and, yes. and to, to the point we were talking about earlier, like in major universities, they don't have enough teachers in major universities that are teaching the right things for kids to learn when they graduate college in order to go to some of these large institutions, like mm -hmm. how are we going to implement that at the elementary level or the middle right, school right. level or, or the, even the high school level? Yeah, I, I yep. think, you know, some of these bigger corporations, they have to figure out a way yeah. to implement it. If, if the problem lies at Google, well, motherfuckers, you're 50, how many billion dollar company? Like right. you can't invest some sort of money into elementary education. Fuck, write a video, make yep. make some sort of software that these elementary teachers can just go ahead and say, here, log into the computer. Here is Google or Facebook or yep. the way that they want you to code things. I mean, there, there's so many different avenues here and, and it really pisses, I'll be honest with you, sitting here talking about this over the last like, 30 or 40 minutes really pisses me off that Google and Facebook are going to sit there and say, Oh, you know, it's a really big problem that the people that are coming out of all these institutions don't know our fucking technology. Really? Like, mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many, like you have so much yeah. money at your disposal, right? You, you want people Do to you learn see. your type of technology. Well then 
start, you know, man up, like man, yeah. man up and, and do your job and say, okay, you know what, this it. is a yeah. problem. Let's go ahead and start implementing these at the right age. So we can have people come out of high school and college and have the right technology that or the right know-how to come in and do what we want them to do. Yeah. And for mm-hmm. clarification, you know, I'm sure some listeners like, well, Google has a school program, Microsoft has a, a, a school program. We're not talking about the schools themselves offering Office 365 with tablets and notebooks and becoming right. a right. Microsoft school or a Google right. school with, with Chromebooks. That's not right. what we're yeah, talking that's, about. That's bullshit. That's not even close to what we're talking about. Right. So <laughs> how those programs work is if you're a school that says, hey, we're going to become a digital school. So the mindset is there's one of two flavors. You're either a Google school or you're a Microsoft school. Right. So you make that decision, you figure out the investment in the hardware. And a lot of times there's price breaks on the hardware, you know, but the software is free, right? The learning mm-hmm. software, the base platform is free. And that's where, you know, Microsoft and Google has made inroads in thousands of, 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 you know, middle school and elementary schools across the country is, you know, the email accounts, they're free. This is free. That's free. But there's always a cost, right? There's always a cost. Once you get going, you need additional services, you need management, and that's where they get you. We're not talking mm-hmm. about turning a, a non-digital or quote non-digital school into one of the two flavors to make it sound good. We're talking about the actual right. skill sets themselves is lacking in at a vast clip globally. And, and what TK is saying is that, you know, Facebook, you generated 90 billion last year, Google 300 billion last year, invest that fucking money back into the, to the school pipeline. Let the yeah. teachers know. Even if the university has got to hire, right? Google provides the resources, Facebook and all these big companies, AWS, Amazon, they provide the resources. They're paying for that, you know, instead of the engineer getting paid $150,000 to work on projects, he's now making that kind of money teaching at, at, at the University of Nebraska yep. or Michigan or USC, you know, whatever the case is teaching the next generation as opposed to keeping that knowledge all for himself. That's really what it boils down to is that there's very select few that have all the knowledge. They get paid the most money. They're, they're heavily recruited and, you know, but you can't look at certain institutes anymore and say, well, because you graduated from USC, which is extremely hard to get into, now mm-hmm. you're worth more than someone who graduated from the University of Nebraska because you know what? You're both outdated. Right. right. And the, the other right. thing that you, you brought up, I think is a great, great point is like these schools pick either Google or Microsoft, right? So yep. Google or Microsoft, you know what? You could put into your plan to get more schools to be on board with your technology is implement something that says, hey, if you pick Google or you pick Microsoft, we have this added teaching moment that we can add to your technology saying hey we're going to teach young boys and girls to code the certain things that are in google and then you know they can they can have different classes that come along with 
that technology that they decided to choose. Then you're getting kids to learn this type of stuff, even at more of an early age. Right. You know, think about high school with home ec. Home ec teaches you mm-hmm. the basics, sewing, mm-hmm. how to boil water, make basic food, you know, the mm-hmm. basics. No different with, you know, when it comes to technology, the basics. What is an API? Why is it important? You know, how do you, how do you, um, how do you develop an API? Uh, the back end, the front end integration. What does integration mean? How does that work? Right. When you log into your Gmail, people should know there are literally probably 30 APIs tied to Gmail that you don't see. And, you know, to break it down, the basics, start with the basics and then add, you know, fifth grade, you're learning X and then you're going to learn more in sixth and even more in seventh. And it's kind of a building process so that even out of high school that, you know, those people know how to code, what coding means, how to develop, you know, basic lines of code, basic programming code. And then when it comes to, because everything in the cloud is, is API intensive and understanding APIs, how to develop APIs, what it means to have an API open or closed, you know, all the basic stuff. Right on. Just like we do with the other subjects. Uh, yeah, you, you start with the basics and you add on a little bit year by year. So maybe uh, we always joked that uh, when the hell am I ever going to use trigonometry in the real world? Well, right. maybe, you know, we do. <laughs> we, we, we have a little bit more tech in there instead. Yeah, a little bit hey, more cloud uh, in the tech industry. <laughs> I, 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 I know we are uh, we're running on long here, but TK, I, I have real quick before I give you all my warm and fuzzy for the day. I got to ask you because spring ball has started. Spring is in the air and that means... Yes. Ah, college football is right around the corner. So I came across this 24-7 sports article. They're big, bold, way too early predictions for 2021 college football. And say they, Ohio State will not win the Big Ten this year. Do you agree? And if so, who in the Big Ten can take them down? Wow. Dude, I don't know. I don't know about that one. I, I... I, I would agree with, uh, well, because it's basically Vegas, right? You, Vegas is the one saying this. Uh, let's see here. I think this is uh, da, 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 da. Brad, uh, Brad, Brad Crawford. He's a, oh. he's a columnist for, 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 he's a, yeah, he's an AP wire columnist. So this is just some guy looking some, at the landscape, uh, making, making his picks and okay, uh, so, 24-7 sports put it up. Gotcha. Okay, so uh, I will tell you that Vegas, Vegas, they know their shit. They're no dummies. They make a lot of money out there in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they you know, they have Ohio State winning, I think, I think they're over under for 2021 is 10 wins. And I think Wisconsin's the same. So I would... I would beg to differ on that one. I think Ohio State definitely has the pedigree and Coach Day, he, he knows what he's doing. It's one of those just plug-and-play type of deals over there at Ohio State right now. They have right. a ton of talent. It's kind of like Alabama. They have so many fucking four- and five-star guys that it's like, you know what? You've been in the system for a while. You know what we're doing. Let's just go ahead and and – 
put you in the spot and we're not going to falter one way, shape or form. And at this point, this early on, I mean, spring ball's just starting. Yeah. I hate to say that Ohio State isn't the favorite. That's just it's a stretch. <laughs> yeah. That's click. That's clickbait. That's a, that's a, this is a prime example of, hey, I need listeners. I need people looking at my stuff. I'm just going to write something really crazy, and people are going to start clicking. Right. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, you're, you're, you're spot on because I'm looking at the lines right now, and uh, Ohio State is right there uh as the as a contender for this is the national championship so ohio state and oklahoma are the uh are the other two uh but as per my email i guess i should be in vegas too i am predicting another (laughs) i know we've i i know we've seen it a million times folks but i think we're gonna see it again in the natty bama versus clemson Uh, any any disagreement there (laughs) <laughs> going out on a limb there let's, yeah, let's see let's i sorry bobby i just kind of jumped in there no but no no go ahead it, it's one of those things where i think this is why the ncaa football season it, it kind of gets stale every single year mm-hmm. at the end of the season because it's the same four or five teams like do we really want to see Ohio State, Oklahoma, and Clemson and Alabama fighting for the top four spots? Fuck no. That's your don't. that's your that's that's your top four. Say, say the yeah. boys that do the lines in Vegas. Nice. You know, it, and it is because you know they're all retooling, they all get the top fucking talent, they all get the you know, if you keep it the way that it is, where they play a few non-conference games at the beginning of the season, they play the conference, and then these four or five teams are all going to be at the top of the heat because they get all the good talent. Like it's, it's going to be that way year in and year out. They, yeah. I, I've talked about this at length on several different podcasts and it's important if the NCAA wants to continue to be the money maker that they are, because this past season, the, the, uh, ratings were down. Like people weren't watching the games as much as they had been in the past, which is fucking crazy because we were all in COVID and we we're all locked down and we we're all sitting in front of our TVs. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many different streaming events out there right now that you can go look at that mm-hmm. they have to in the next year or two, they have to figure out a way to at least, at least, in my opinion, get to 16 teams to make yep. it interesting because. Yep then you'll start to see the types of things that we're seeing in the March Madness where Mm -hmm. there's going to be upsets and teams just aren't prepared or they're overlooking the team and they lose because it happens. So in order to keep the NCAA relevant moving forward, they got to move to at least 16 teams, in my opinion, because we're just going to see the same four or five teams every single year and it's just going to get fucking stagnant. and then to get to your point, the teams that don't go into the 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 sixteen team playoff are those the ones playing the bowl games then, or is yeah, the bowl yeah. game so played yeah, and so, then? Okay. Yeah. So what I would do is if you know because because that's a big deal and that's what everybody talks about, right? Like, oh, the bowl right. the bowl games are going to lose revenue. Well, bullshit. Just 
yeah. just negotiate how to get the bowl games be a part of the playoff system. So, Correct. you know, number one versus number 16, you play in the Alamo Bowl in yeah. San Antonio. Mm-hmm. You know, two mm-hmm. and 15, you guys play in the Cotton Bowl in Texas. Like, I mean, there's a way to do it. If, right. You know, you're going to have to have several organizations sit down in a room and they're going to have to fucking hash it out to figure out which one right. is, you know, relevant in terms of, you know, money and, and how that's going to play out. But I mean, they're going to have to have serious heart to heart conversations in order to figure it out. But I think that all these guys need to think about long term, like you're going to start fucking losing money because you're not going to be relevant. Like, I, I don't know the last time I watched the fucking Cotton Bowl, if it didn't have to do with the national championship. I'll be right. honest, if Nebraska wasn't involved, I wasn't watching it. Right. Yeah. You know, right. the Alamo Bowl. Yeah. Like Nebraska goes to that one every every once in a while, but if they're not if they're not in it, well, way back in the day, but if they're not in it, I ain't fucking watching it, and I don't think anybody else is. So I think they have, need to have a long conversation and figure out, hey, playoff is the way we go. Let's put the bowl games into those playoffs so we continue to make money because they're going to wait make way more money if it's involved in a playoff because everybody's going to watch. Right, and I you know watch the one in sixteen team. Instead of two fucking teams that I've never watched all season long. And and you know who could figure out the schedule in about two seconds? Uh, fucking artificial intelligence, bro. Two seconds. AI, baby. Yep. Two seconds. Yeah, the baby. schedule's fucking done. Lockdown, done. Done. Yeah. Two seconds. Yeah. Well, there's a I like that you say 16 teams, TK, because even if you look at the top eight, you're still not getting too crazy here because no. we're looking at Georgia, Florida, yeah. A&M, all from the SEC. It's all the same. It's all the same. It's all the same. Yeah, it's all the same. Yeah, yeah. So you team. really got to get outside of. Yeah, you got to even get outside of the top eight to make it interesting, because then you might start seeing like. Uh, I don't know the well, obviously the group of five, and then I don't know the the Iowa States of of the world that they're looking to have a really strong season oh. this year. So, shall nice. We shall nice. we shall see. Yeah, they've got uh, they've got a running back that uh, is in the Heisman race. That's the other thing that this cat was talking about. That's just making the clickbait was that he is pre- <laughs> that, that he is he is predicting a. Uh, uh, second year in a row that a non QB wins the uh, Heisman, and he's got uh, he's got a a running back from oh it's all Big Twelve heavy hey Big Twelve a running back in Texas and a running back in Iowa State that should be the most prolific players of the year so nice nice he's, he's twenty four we'll he's he's part of the twenty four seven Big Twelve is that what and then just real quick guys we talked heavily about skill shortages in tech well Mm -hmm. the skill shortages and experience is is not far removed from the universities themselves because several are currently looking for new chief technology officers uh Uh, ohio state one of them harvard another i've been contacted about both uh i thank them for contacting me but i'm happy with what i'm doing but there are a lot of universities based on COVID and how they've not handled it well. They're looking for new blood, new opportunities. So anybody listening that has that skill set or experience, 
check the universities out because there is a lot of turnover right now in those positions. Wow. There it is. There it is. Well, TK, thank you as always for joining us. Here's a little warm and fuzzy for, for all of our listeners. During COVID, mental health issues have been especially worrisome for teens and children who are less used to isolation and being socially distanced from their friends. Enter online gaming. Every night between 7 p.m. and 10 p.m., 19-year-old college sophomore Evan hangs out online with 130 of his closest friends, people he met in high school and in college, and they take the time to vent, laugh, share jokes, and play a little Super Smash Brothers, helping everyone bond. It's a community of people. I can count on it to be there, to just de-stress, have a good time, and have other people to talk to and bond with. So with the right safeguards in place, games are being used by children as young as eight and nine years old who are out of school and missing out on their normal social interactions. Some are still too young on their own to have their own phones, but they play with their moms. This year has felt especially long for children that may have struggled to stay engaged with friends. When schools first closed down, everybody thought it was going to be a disaster. But the more they spent time online playing with their friends in a play structure, not just seeing their friends in Zoom school, which can actually increase stress. They're saying that playing games such as, as I mentioned, Super Smash Brothers and Minecraft are ways for kids to stay sane during an otherwise insane year. You've been listening to Unfiltered with Bobby and Luke. Politics, tech, entertainment, global headlines, real and raw. Real and raw. Finally, a podcast with real talk and no bullshit. We hope you enjoyed the show, but if we pissed you off, that's okay too. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Bobby and Luke. On Instagram at Unfiltered with Bobby and Luke. And on LinkedIn at Unfiltered-With-Bobby-And-Luke. How many dashes do we need there, fellas? My God. Anyway, make sure to like, rate, and review. And of course, leave a comment. And check out the website at BobbyAndLuke.com. This is Unfiltered, signing off.